Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We got to talk about, I mean, unfortunately, we got to talk about the scandal of Northwestern. There's some things going on in the Northwestern uh, program and college football that we thought were done with, thrown away. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But Kirk Cousins, movie star? Star of the show? We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Excited about today's show because we get to talk about Kirk Cousins, but not Kirk Cousins on the field. Kirk Cousins behind the camera. Kirk Cousins in front of the camera. Kirk Cousins raw and uncut. Kirk Cousins is now an actor. I don't know if he's going to get a SAG award. I don't know if he's going to be up for an Emmy, but Kirk Cousins is doing something very unkirk cousins like and i i think i know why but i want you guys to know this episode is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook the official sportsbook of locked on just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to make every moment more you can also go to the fanduel app as well after you do all that but if you visit fanduel.com backslash locked on got some gifts for you in there some no sweat first bets make sure you be a part of that but again, it's going to make every moment more with FanDuel. So as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, it's good to see you on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Uh, we got Robert Blanton joining us, former Vikings uh, cornerback, uh, Golden Domer from Notre Dame. So we'll talk to him a little bit about the Big Ten and does he want Notre Dame? Because everybody's just, people are saying by 2027, Notre Dame is full-time in the Big Ten football. Um, that's the next echelon of, of where Notre Dame's going to go because NBC is no longer a big deal uh, because everybody has a college TV deal. It used to be NBC and Notre Dame were exclusive. Everybody loved it. Notre Dame, like that was the huge thing. Like Notre Dame, NBC football, Notre Dame versus Michigan, Notre Dame versus Michigan State, Notre Dame versus USC. Well, now TV is a little bit easier to get. Now national games are a little bit easier to get on TV and for people to see. Um, so I think the allure of the only nationally televised game every week has gone away also i think from an nbc standpoint nbc is like notre dame is not what they used to be like we're not getting what we used to get out of like the jerome bettises and the uh larry fitch oh not larry fitch uh michael floyd's um it's not what it used to be with notre dame football you're not having that notre dame versus usc and it's a big deal anymore it's just notre dame football and i don't know if it's because they went to the acc a little bit for their their school stuff I have no idea, but it just it 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 does not seem because their football schedule is kind of ACC ish, but it doesn't Notre Dame to me doesn't really hold the allure that it used to that it was super like oh my goodness it's Notre Dame, but I do feel like if they end up in the Big Ten, it brings the luster back, it gives them some big games, but we're not talking about that just yet. Robert Blanton will be joining us on the show later. We're gonna talk about Netflix, Sam. What's going on with Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins is about to be a star, Ron Johnson. Uh, quarterback drops tomorrow, which follows 
Marcus Mariota, Patrick Mahomes, and Kirk Cousins for all of last season. And what a great season for them to choose Kirk Cousins, where the Vikings had their best season in recent history. Kirk Cousins kind of comes out of his shell. And then you've got Mahomes, who wins the Super Bowl. Mariota is the journeyman who gets benched along the way. So you get all perspectives on the show. But, Ron, that trailer dropped yesterday. And I think Kirk Cousins is going to be a focal point of this show. I just think that he's so grounded in sort of his family life, and he's got all these great perspectives that I think he's going to be a great interview. Like when they go to the talking head, I think he's going to be actually one of the more interesting of them. I never found Mahomes to be that compelling <laughs> to listen to. He's fun to watch. I don't know if he's that fun to listen to. So I'm I'm excited to see Kirk shine on this show. What about you? Yeah, so this is, this is what I think about it. Um, one, so you just brought up a point that I did not know. So this was filmed during the season? Last year. Yeah, it followed oh, okay. all year. I thought yeah. it so I thought this was like recent as soon as the season ended they tried to get some short stuff in I did not realize they were following the whole season which they did a good job keeping it under wraps cuz I was around the facility a lot and I guess I never and maybe Netflix didn't have access to to TCO cuz I do know sometimes some of that stuff is uh added but even being at US Bank Stadium uh I'm, and maybe they don't have the rights to that either cuz the NFL rights I don't know if Netflix has the rights to the NFL to be able to film footage um, unless they signed a deal with the NFL saying, hey, we want to film the footage, but we won't air it. We won't use it for anything but our show and you guys get final look. So it'd be interesting to see how where they had access. Like, did they have access just to the parking lot? Kirk Cousins walks in and then it's done. And maybe Kirk Cousins has a GoPro uh, that he sets up and it films him in meetings and stuff because some of that stuff is top secret. So I know coaches don't want that getting out. Even if Netflix has it and they say they're not going to use it, come on now. TMZ has paid a lot of money for secrets. So we know there's some people out there um, by the name of Bilicek. <clears throat> Sorry, I mean, um, people out there that would pay for uh, some top top secret Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes stuff to help out Mac Jones. But that wouldn't be the Patriots. They don't cheat. They've never done that. No. They've never filmed the Jets during practice or deflated a football to win a Super Bowl. They've never done that. Um so when you think about that, that's even more intriguing because this season was a Hollywood. Now, other than the ending, fourth down, check down, that's not a Hollywood ending. But the season, 11 games, one score games, like Netflix got their money's worth. Mm -hmm. Kirk taking the So now, so this is the thing now. Did Kirk Cousins take the shirt off in the chains because he had Hollywood backing him up? So now, now I got a little bit of conspiracy about this shirt off, chains, Kirko chains, because was this like a Netflix thing or was this really Kirk being unlocked by Kevin O'Connell? Because even that, like, at what point did he sign the deal with Netflix? Because I can't say, because I was going to say like, oh, this was after the season, Kevin O'Connell's just unlocking all kinds of stuff in him. But if this is like Netflix had already got to him, like maybe right when Zimmer left and it, Kevin O'Connell him, and you know what I mean? That's what I, I want to know that, Sam. I want to know like when... Mm -hmm. Um, when that happened, because if if Netflix got to him before he was really unlocked by Kevin O'Connell, maybe the shirt off and the chains was just a Netflix ploy. And and you know what? Hats off to Kirk Cousins if he played up to <laughs> the marketing. cameras like Good that. Good, great, because I see him sit down with Julie Cousins, his wife, and uh, you know she makes a comment. You know what? I wonder, Sam, when they did it, because you know he and I we talked in Orlando. And uh, I wonder if Netflix followed. Was him Netflix to filming World. in the? I corner. know, right? Like, was Netflix somewhere standing there when Kirk and I were talking? Um, I did not notice a boom mic. Um, 
But man, I wonder. Like I wonder maybe if he had I'm a lapel. Gonna, maybe he had the lapel, Mike. Um, you know, he was taking Cooper, or his, I think his name is Cooper, his son to um to get uh the Black Panther deal that day. Sat and talked to my daughter and and both my daughters and their friend, um, and my wife and myself. And so I'm wondering if, if we're gonna end up on Netflix. I wonder if Kirk Cousins was just playing up this whole offseason being super nice for Netflix, taking the shirt off, uh, hanging out with the boys on the back of the plane, or did Kevin O'Connell really unlock it? And Netflix just got their money's worth. Like, because when I would have thought Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, I would not have put him as a celebrate rah, rah, rah guy that I want to watch on Netflix. Like, I wouldn't have. I'd have been like, dude, this is going to be so boring. He's going to talk about uh, Ephesians. He's going to talk about Philippians 4.13, how he can do all things through Christ. Uh, he's going to talk about 412, how, you know, he's been with and without and he's had nothing. Uh, he's going to, you know, he's going to wear a flannel shirt to dinner, uh, him and Julie. Because I, I feel like he made a joke, too, talking about every time I do something, it's a thing now. Like, if I just want to be myself and have fun, it's a thing. Um, so I've been wondering if Julie played up to the cameras and, like, you know, Kirk came home and she's like, okay, so you, you're not going to take your shirt off for me with the chains? Like, it's just for your teammates? <laughs> like, you know, like, there's so much. This It's like an onion. You can keep undoing the layers and after layer the blooming onion. I remember that meal. I never had it because I don't like onion like that, but it looked good. But it's it's like you unopen up, up an onion, and yeah. there's so many layers to this Kirk Cousins onion, um, and it, it makes you cry because Kirk Cousins loosening up and becoming his own man. It, like it brings a tear to my eye. Like there's an Emmy coming. Netflix, you you did it. You got Kirk Cousins to win eleven games. <laughs> <laughs> by one score i don't know like again i'm not gonna say like i mean we do know the dude for the coach bet on his own team or bet on football or whatever he bet on to get suspended who knows what was going on netflix did netflix put money on some of these games like there's so much now that i want to know uh but patrick mahomes they won a super bowl right if i'm not mistaken they won a super bowl yeah so that's so that i mean that'll be compelling like the only one that i don't get is marcus Mariota. that's the one that doesn't fit because Kirk cousins has a ridiculous season does some cool stuff. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, wins the Super Bowl. And then you got Marcus Mariota. Now, I, I get the getting benched, so maybe that's a different side of for Desmond Ritter. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That's that's the one thing that's going to be interesting to see is uh, how this unfolds. I, I do believe – so This so you think Kirk Cousins will be the star. I think Patrick Mahomes, of course, will be the star because it's the Super Bowl. His wife – his now, again, now his brother might not end up in the, in, the, in the deal because, you know, his brother is crazy. But maybe they'll show some TikToks of his brother and his wife. Uh, maybe show Patrick Mahomes emotions when he sees the TikToks like this is stupid. Uh, who knows where that goes with it? Or if he said, look, this is not about my brother. It's about me and my wife. I don't want my brother in this. Um, so I, I think there's going to be some duality between Kirk Cousins and uh, and uh, Patrick Mahomes of who's the star. But I think Desmond Ritter for sure is at the bottom. We got Robert Blank coming up in a minute. But Sam, what are, what are your thoughts? I know you think Kirk Cousins will be the star. Um, I know I will say if I had to rank it, I'm going Mahomes 1A, Kirk 1B, and then – you got Mariota at the bottom, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I I think that we're we're learning that there is a lot to to like about Kirk Cousins' personality. Like yeah. he is kind of quietly pretty funny, and for so many years, he, as he says, had no swag. Right, and he was kind of kept <laughs> muted by by Mike swag. Zimmer. But now he's starting to show some of that swag that he didn't have before, and the contrast is just funny. So, and I think Kirk knows how to make fun of himself. That's the best part of his sense of humor and and that always plays well to an audience. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm probably going to binge that tomorrow and uh and I hope they kind of let you in on the ups and the downs and it's not all just kind of propaganda like all positive. I hope there's 
some some stuff that shows you the realities of it as well, not just the not just the fluffy stuff. Yeah, because I mean, there was a lot of stuff. Um, the the good thing was there was no like Vikings boat party or anything like that, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, the Chiefs, I don't know if they had any off the field drama. Uh, Falcons, you might see some Cordero Patterson conversation in there. Who knows? Wait, because Mariota was the Falcons, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Um. So yeah, it might be some Cordero Patterson conversation in there. Who knows? Um. But we got Robert Blanton joining us on the Hangover Ron Johnson segment. Uh, looking forward to sitting down with him. As, as I explained, Golden Domer, uh, former uh Vikings DB, now college football coach. He and I golfed uh, yesterday at the Kyle Rudolph Jason Zucker event for the Masonic Children's Hospital. Uh, great event. I mean, come on now. Like you get cigars. I got, I got Chubby's shorts. I got, you know, all kind. I got a, I got a cup that like was, I don't know if it was hand drawn, but for kids, it's like a water cup for my kids, but it has like, I mean, it was a lot. So I got, I got a laundry bag where I get 50% off on my, my dry cleaning and I'm going to get my money's worth because I have not dry cleaned one suit from last season. I don't have a suit day yet until the season starts. Um, so I've not, I've had no weddings. I'm too old to go to a bunch of weddings. So I've had no weddings this off season as well. So I've not had to get my suits clean. So I got every single suit, just about dirty. I, I'm not going to lie, Sam, for my headshots uh, for mm -hmm. the, for the season, we yeah. took our headshots and whatever. I had to put two suits together to make a suit because when I went through my laundry, I realized I did not plan for picture day. And so I just had to like, I, I wore like the Navy, you know, vest with the Navy pants. And then I wore the gray blazer. So, but yeah, no. So I had to pay. So I got a bunch of dirty clothes. I'm looking forward to getting 50% off on that. So thank you to Kyle, uh, Kyle Rudolph and Jason Beautiful. Zucker. Um, but we got Robert Blank coming up on the Hang Around Johnson segment. Before we do that, we got a word from our sponsors. Yes, we do. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook partner of Locked On, and there you can bet baseball. You can even bet the All-Star game tonight. National League is favored. Over-under is seven, and you can bet World Series futures. They still kind of believe in the Twins. The Twins have the eighth best odds to win the World Series. Kind of a head-scratcher, but we'll go with it. Plus 2,400, put down 10, win 240 if the Twins cash and win the World Series in miraculous fashion. You can do all of that at FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. If you're a new customer, you can win 10 times your first bet in bonus bets. So bet 20 get 200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. Check that out at FanDuel.com slash locked on. You get paid instantly when you win. They've got great promotions, safe, secure, easy to use that FanDuel Sportsbook app. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Well, now it's time for the Hanging Around Johnson segment. I got Robert Blanton joining me. Uh, he and I connected through some uh, some some mutual associates, Tracy McDonald over at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, all that know Tracy McDonald. If you don't get to know her, she does everything for player engagement for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but she connected us. Uh, Robert was getting into coaching. I had coached before, but also at Context University of Minnesota. And, uh, you know, now we've kind of, you know, become friends just through – uh, events. Everybody does the same golfing events around here in Minnesota. And last up was uh, Kyle Rudolph's. And so I bring Robert Blanton into the show, happen to see him. And, uh, you know, I always feel like, you know, if, if somebody crosses your path, you might as well uh, see what God has in store for it. And so I live by that. And so here we go with Robert Blanton joining me on the Ron Johnson show. So Robert, man, you play for the Vikings. Um, and, and, and just to throw it out there quick, what do you remember? Like, what are some of the best memories or one of, like, if you had to go back and say, here's one of the best memories I had as a Minnesota Viking, uh, cause I know you're young, you're only 33 years old. Uh, I miss those days of being 33, 
yeah. but you know, when you look back at you know your time with the Vikings, man, what was what was some like great memories you have? Uh, honestly, just the locker room, the people, uh, the organization was top notch, top tier people in there, great people, and even coming back now and and doing those events, uh, it's just good to be around the people and be around great people. The fan base was awesome. Uh, kind of the one of the big games I remember is uh, AP going off for you know, 2.30 against Green Bay, and uh, we beat them and uh, ended up going to the playoffs. The next week they beat us in the playoffs, though, but it was oh, – uh, that stadium was rocking. That was when they had the old Metrodome back then. Yeah, yeah. No, I played in Metrodome at the University of Minnesota, so I remember that hard, hard, hard concrete turf. Um, oh, yeah. You could call it whatever you want. That was hard. That thing hurt. It would take skin off if you didn't want to wear tough skin or some type of sleeve. Uh, it was a dangerous stadium. Not going to lie. It was fast. You played fast. You moved fast. But you had to learn. Because I came from Detroit, Michigan. So we we had grass fields. Um, we didn't have that next turf stuff these kids have nowadays. Even in Michigan and Detroit, they have the turf stuff. Uh, but we had grass. So coming from grass and having to learn how to slide on that hard crap, uh, that hurt. It hurt. Not going to lie. I have a bunch of like scars probably still to this day that were like I felt like it took my skin down to the bone. But uh, when you talk about, you know, teammates, you know, some of the guys you play with, what's a who's a teammate that you feel like you got the most out of or you had the like, you know, like this is a guy I really learned from playing for the Vikings? Uh, maybe a little cliche, but of course, my guy Harrison Smith, just because I've known him for so long, went to Notre Dame together and uh, I felt like we were always competing against each other, even in college. So um, <laughs> it would be fitting that we got drafted by the Vikings together. Of course, he was the first rounder and and probably a potential one day hall of famer. And I was always trying to compete and, and stay up to the standards of that guy. But uh, we were also roommates um, on the away games and, it, you know, just kind of talking, having those, those hotel nights, picking the brain and, and asking him how he seen the game was, was, was always a, a, a good, good advantage for me. Yeah. And you said that you guys played at Notre Dame together. You guys got drafted in 2012 together. Um, your, your last year with the Vikings 2015 was our first year so i do remember you from that our first year of doing vikings game day live um when we we signed that tv deal uh we we started hosting vikings game day like i said 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 yeah this is our ninth it's my ninth year this is crazy i, I don't feel that old uh but in my ninth year it's gonna be my ninth season of doing vikings game day live uh vikings post game as well but i, I do remember you um because you guys had i mean of course sendejo was one of the like headhunters in that group and so on and so forth um, but when you look at your Notre Dame days with Harrison Smith and you guys end up uh, at Minnesota together, did that help like going into a program with another rookie that you had already known, been friends with? Because uh, sometimes you end up on a team and you know nobody. And so you have to create fake relationships somehow, some way through DBs or whatever it might be. Uh, did that help a little bit? You know, I'll say the Vikings have treated the uh, Notre Dame guys pretty well. And uh, when we got here, John Carlson was already here. John Sullivan was already here. And then, of course, Kyle Rudolph was already here. So then they added uh, Harrison and then myself. So when I when I got in the door, there was already five, including myself, Vikings on the roster, which was oh. great. Uh, so a ton of guys, a ton of Notre Dame guys that they they treated well. And and uh, I think the Irish have, have done okay for the Vikings and <laughs> produced somewhat. Yeah, I mean, the Irish have done okay across the board for the NFL. We know that. I mean, I grew up in Detroit, so I'm friends with Jerome Bettis. Um, and, and so I've, I've heard a lot about Notre Dame when I was growing up because Jerome, uh, I still have like a football from Jerome when he was at Notre Dame when I was in like, I think I was in eighth grade or something. He had a football camp back in, in Detroit. 
And uh, I remember, and then I came back and did this camp when I played for the Ravens when he was a Steeler. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've, I've heard a lot about Notre Dame uh, through Jerome. Javen Hunter, I don't know if you remember Javen Hunter, play receiver at Notre Dame back in uh, 98 to 2001. We were drafted together to the Baltimore Ravens. So I heard about it. Then Anthony Weaver uh, played D tackle, D line for uh, Notre Dame. So he came over to the Ravens with me. So I've had a lot of Notre Dame interactions over the over the years. Uh, so I've heard a lot about the school, a lot about the program. Uh, when you think about Notre Dame as a program, you guys have been independent forever. The Big Ten has created a conglomerate now. They're going to get USC and UCLA, 16 teams. The next step I heard is to get to 20 teams and create their own mega conference with 10 and 10 on each side, or maybe five, five and five with divisions. And then they're going to do. And Dan Patrick on the Dan Patrick show, friend of ours, Dan Patrick, NBC, uh, Tegna family. Paul, I think it was Paulie. I forgot which guy made this bet, but he made a bet that he'll take ice to the groin or a pie to the face if Notre Dame is not playing in the Big Ten full-time by 2027. Do you feel like that is a chance that's going to happen? If, if Notre Dame were to pick a conference, do you feel like the Big Ten is where they're going to go? Yeah, I think there's kind of two big-time conferences as you look at college football. One, of course, is the SEC. The next big-time big, big conference is the Big Ten, and, and I don't see Notre Dame uh, staying independent too much longer. Um, I think the resources and, and money is, is becoming, um, you know, very intriguing for, for the Irish. Typically, they would make they were better off on their own, not splitting that revenue. Now, I think it's uh, it's starting to look a little better. And, and joining a conference also feels a little better, especially as you start to get into college football playoffs. And they're now expanding the college football playoffs. Everything that's going on in college football just naturally makes sense for Notre Dame to make that move. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, even earlier than that. Yeah, because, I mean, right now, Notre Dame receives $26 million from NBC and its ACC agreement. But the school, <clears throat> this is just expectations. This is what people, you know, you're in the finance world. You know what, how people do. Oh, yeah. They lie. Their valuation, they're saying, should be around $60 million per year if they were to sign a new deal. But if you were to take that $60 million, Multiply it by 10 teams, you're at 600 million. Mm -hmm. If you were to do that again and double it because you have 20 teams, you're at 1.2 billion. The way it's set up right now, this was crazy. The Big Ten deal right now, right now, is for $2 billion. Yep. So for Notre Dame, you're right. I Financially, they're going to make more by joining the Big Ten because that $2 billion or $1 billion because Kevin Warren signed it before he went to the Bears, and I think now it's two billion. It's gonna keep growing. Like yeah. if I'm if I'm ESPN or ABC or whoever, NBC or Fox, the Big Ten Network. If I'm looking at the Big Ten and I got, I want Ohio State versus Notre Dame. I want Notre Dame versus Michigan. I want Notre Dame versus USC. I want Notre Dame versus UCLA. I want Notre Dame versus Michigan State. I want Ohio State versus Michigan. I think three to four billion is not an e is not a hard number to throw out there because you're going to get all the eyes and yeah. they're going to bring all the people. So you're right. I think you're right. I think it is coming. Uh, I know Stanford has mentioned they want to be in the or sorry they have not said they want to be in the Big Ten, uh, but they have been invited. 
Um, but they're worried about like the Big Ten standards for grades and theirs being so different and from a recruiting standpoint, which I don't think will matter anymore. Yeah, you don't uh, want to become the Northwestern of the Big Ten. Correct. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, we're not gonna talk about Northwestern right now, but <laughs> no, <laughs> when you, when you academic, yeah, no, yep. <laughs> academically, academically, you don't want to. You don't want to have that. You don't want to have to compete academically. True. I mean, I don't. You don't want to be the Northwestern football program off the field or academically. Like you don't want to be either right now. Um, when you when you when you look at you know your your time with the Minnesota Vikings again, you were under Mike Zimmer. Uh, when Zimmer and I'm pretty sure you you watch TV, you hear Harrison Smith and guys and Eric Kendricks make comments. A lot of guys said Kevin O'Connell was a culture change. Like they said, having Kevin O'Connell was a culture change. And that doesn't mean bad. I think when people hear the word culture sometimes and change, they think it means it's always for the better. It's not better. It's different. Yes. Uh, Mike Zimmer ruled with an iron fist. He was very like performance driven. Kevin O'Connell was more, I mean, he's young. He's in his, you know, late thirties, early forties. He's young. His goal or yeah, late thirties. His goal is to be like, not friends with these guys, but get a relationship. It's more of a relationship based team now versus a, I'm the head coach. You're going to do what I say. But what do you remember about Mike Zimmer? So I was, I was pretty, I don't know if I was fortunate or unfortunate, but I was pretty fortunate. Leslie Frazier actually brought me in uh, defensive coach. And then, so I had two years with coach Frazier, two years with Mike Zim, both defensive coaches. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you, you played the game, you know, defensive coaches and offensive coaches are very different, you know, mentality structure. I usually, you know, we usually say um, defense is kind of a, a, a rock band concert. You know, you're going to turn up, it's going to get wild and crazy. Uh, offense is a, is a symphony. You know, it's it's a little more peaceful. Um, so very different cultures. I understand that. Not bad. One's not good. One's not bad. You just got to understand when you go from a defensive guy to an offensive guy, it's going to be drastically different just because of that symphony versus rock band type of mindset and culture and and defensive guys have to be that way you know we have to try to create chaos on the defensive side of the ball you want big hits you want turnover you know it's a different game compared to the offense um but you know i thought i thought zim did a really good job when he came in um you know he got the got the vikings to the playoffs a good amount and, and competed got to an nfc championship game you know i thought he did a really good job um and and you know in football a lot of what you do is going to be you know, tied to uh, how how successful your quarterback is, and if you're you got a really good quarterback, you got a really good chance to you know compete for that Super Bowl. Yeah, and and, and speaking of that, you know, like you you've seen you've heard how the Minnesota Vikings are never going to win a Super Bowl. They you know went to it four times, never won it. So they were the Buffalo Bills before the Buffalo Bills happened. Uh, have been close, been very close time and time again. Brett Favre, uh, the Minneapolis Miracle, and yeah. they just couldn't get over the hump. When you were uh, you know, under Leslie Frazier, then under Zimmer, and you saw the defense, you know, kind of like, hey, we just have to do this for games and blah, blah. Like, what do you think it's going to take for the Minnesota Vikings to, you know, to take that next step and in, in, in not say win one, but get to a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, I think they're moving in the right direction. They got some some young guys in the building that are passionate, high energy, and like you said, build those relationships. And and football is a one possession game. The close ones are usually one possession. Hey, a play here, a play there can change your life. And sometimes having those, having those relationships with your players gives them a little extra edge to go out and compete for you on that game day. You know, hey, I'm gonna put it on the line for my coach. So I think they're, you know, the Vikings are definitely heading in the right direction, doing the right thing. They got a great team. They got great coaches over there. I spent a little time with them. 
Um, they just got Brian Flores as a D coordinator. I think I just think they're on a, you know, on a great trajectory to to get back to where they want to be and compete and win the Super Bowl. And you play for you know. Speaking of great talent with the Minnesota Vikings, you play with some really. I mean, from 2012 to 2015, you play with some really, really like elite talent you know we're not talking about Kyle Rudolph we're not gonna talk about the, the offense offensive guys Adrian Peterson looking at this defense you know when you when you think about uh Brian Robson uh you look at Kevin Williams you look at Jared Allen Chad Greenway uh Jasper Brinkley Aaron Henderson uh Antoine Winfield what like what do you remember the most about like a guy like Antoine Winfield dude love tweez man he was a all-time pro I mean like that probably is the best situation I think for any rookie to walk into is to come into a room where there's you know 10 plus year vets in that room that have competed at a high level who's done it the right way um love tweets just a true professional every day about his work taking care of his body um doing the proper things warming up you know as as a young guy like myself I was used to just waking up and going 100 miles an hour um, and not really thinking about much. And then, you know, Tweez kind of took it to the next level of talking about, hey, do this for your body. Um, do these after practice, pre-practice workouts, after practice things. I mean, it was just awesome being around those vets, man, and, and uh, you know, truly helped my career out. And, again, looking at your, you, said, you said that, like doing the little things. Now you're a coach. Now you're coaching. Where are you coaching at? So I'm coaching at uh, Miami of Ohio. Yep. So we're at Mac School, awesome place to be for any uh, high schoolers watching, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, Minnesota does have, I mean, I don't know where you guys recruit at, but Minnesota does have a lot of kids that end up at like NDSU that become really good. They go to the NFL. Uh, yeah. when, you, when you look at guys from this area, Wisconsin, so on and so forth. Uh, but when you think about your time now as a coach, you know, Learning all that stuff from guys like Antoine Winfield, you know, what 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 are you bringing from the league, you know, guys you play with when you played to now be able to give that to college kids? Uh, honestly, the, the, the development and being patient with the development process, you know, especially in college, we're looking for guys to come in and play right away. Hence the transfer report on why it's so crazy every year. If guys aren't playing, you're like, hey, come play here right now. So taking those younger guys and actually putting the time in and developing them, teaching them how to the process of how it's done and not trying to rush them to get on the field right away. Um, even a young guy I got coming up, I was like, hey, I might give you 10 to 20 plays a game just to kind of get your feet wet rather than throwing the guy into the fire and killing his confidence week one or something, you know. Um, and then just all the all the little things we do, especially with all the technology you have now um, with Go Army and uh, uh, PFF, all the analytics that you can get. I mean, you can really help those guys develop pretty quickly. But, you know, a lot of things you got to think of is just be patient with these young guys, bring them along the right way. And that's kind of what Tweez and, and some of those vets did for us when I was with the Vikings. And, and two quick ones before we get out of here. This is Ron Johnson. Robert Blanton is a Ron Johnson show. And this is the Hang on Ron Johnson segment. Um, you were blessed with the opportunity to start alongside Harrison Smith, but then you also had uh, Captain Munderland, and then you had Xavier Rhodes, a young Xavier Rhodes. Um, one, what do you remember about, like, Rhodes' clothes before he really got going? Dude, he was a freak, man. The dude was, like, what, 6'2", 215, ran 4'4". I mean, just an absolute 
freak. He was bigger than any safety. He was our biggest DB, and he could run and move. Uh, really confident guy. Cool to be around in the locker room. Good teammate and, and just an all-time competitor, man. He was really out there trying to compete and perfect his craft every day. He wasn't – he didn't think he was too big to listen to the coaches or anything like that. Man, really good kid. And when you think about – I mean, I have to ask this. Andrew Sandejo, he was in you guys' backfield. He was known as the friendly fire guy because he would hit the other team and he would hit his own teammates. How nervous sometimes were you being like on special teams or somewhere where you know Andrew Sandejo is somewhere roaming – like a missile and he might hit you hey it was it was always fun we were always racing and talking some trash you know before we'd go down on kickoff or something like that or punt you know at that point we were both trying to stay on the team through special teams um before i started and then uh Sandejo ended up starting as well for for some years and, and doing a great job but i mean yeah you gotta you gotta keep your head on a swivel and know who your teammates are man you get rolled <laughs> up on pretty quickly well, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Robert Blanton. I uh, want to thank you, man, for joining me on the Hang with Ron Johnson segment, man. Great to talk to you. Uh, definitely. Because, I mean, I, I just know covering, covering the Vikings. I rem- I'll never forget, like, some like Michael. I remember Michael Thomas, I think, like, decapitated. I can't remember who, but he hit somebody, like, ridiculously hard. And then Andrews, I think it was Andrews' day, or maybe it was Xavier Rose. He gave him a concussion. But then, like, Xavier, and then, you know, we got into it on Twitter, uh, because I just I posted the video and then of course Michael Thomas got involved and then another guy got involved talking about the route was like they were trying to tell me the route and I'm like dude yeah I work yeah. for Fox yeah I do the I, get, I do the game day show but I don't think you guys realize like I play receiver in the NFL I know the route concept I know what he's supposed to do on a rub route you're not supposed to put your helmet in somebody's ear hole on a rub route like you're supposed to stand up turn sideways and then he's in your way. If you're running the slant, you just run the slant. You don't put your helmet in somebody's ear hole. So, but yeah, it was, I, I, I now remember like I think Sendejo later came back and absolutely depleted somebody, got a flag, but we were all sitting there like, this dude is dangerous. Like, cause he almost hit his own teammate and he hit the other guy. Like, you know, it's just like I could not imagine playing cornerback, knowing I'm chasing a guy inside, he's running a slant route. And I'm sending them to Andrew Sandejo because it's like, dude, please be accurate and hit him and not me. Eighty <laughs> <laughs> twenty. 80-20 to hit the other guy, or eighty twenty to hit his own eighty to hit his own teammate. Uh, he's gonna hit the receiver. Eighty twenty is the receiver. <laughs> well, that twenty percent of the time, man, keep your head on the swivel, yeah, duck yeah, yeah. and roll, get out of his way, and let him blow somebody up. But again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's uh, Robert Blant, man. I want to thank you guys. Coming up next, we got the daily three. That's three questions. Uh, we'll probably go about 30 seconds each. We're going to spend some time on Northwestern, though. Uh, but we do that. We'll be back after this. Well, man, I enjoy Robert Blanton, Sam. I don't know if uh, you got a lot out of it, but I got – I loved the Harrison Smith. Like, we competed. That's the one thing I didn't hit on enough. You know, like, how often did you look at Harrison Smith's stats? Because I looked at the 2015 stats or 14 when he started with them. Uh, he only had one pick. Harrison Smith had five interceptions. So I know there was some, like – you know, and Munderland had two, Xavier Rose had one. So I know there was some like, like, damn, this dude got five interceptions. Like, come on, man. Like, I gotta, I gotta get one. Like, I wonder how often he maybe mm-hmm. went out of Zimmer's scheme. Cause we know Zimmer wasn't a fan of that, but how often he might have went out of Zimmer's scheme, like, oh, cover two, screw this. I'm going after the ball. We got the daily three coming up next. Before we do that, I just want to let you guys know SiriusXM is a proud partner with Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can download the SXM app. Just go whatever platform you use. If it's uh, Android or iPhone, you can just search SXM, SiriusXM, 
Any of those will get you to the SXM app, and then you can download it, and you can get the Twins broadcast. You can get every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast. Here's the thing. Maybe you want to hear a different team. You can search any team, but if you search Twins, you'll get the Twins. You'll get every pitch. If you maybe want to follow a different team because you're like, look, I got a parlay going with FanDuel. You can follow that team. You can also search Locked On Sports Minnesota, and you can get that on the app as well. And you can take it anywhere. You can take it on the airplane. You can take it on the go because the app, you can download some of the podcasts right there to the SXM app, and you can take it anywhere you want to go. So imagine having SiriusXM on the go when you travel and you Bluetooth it to the car, you rent it. Hey, solution solved. Just check out their easy plans. There's a bunch of them out there. But again, just download the SXM app to get started. All right, Sam, it's time for the daily three. That's three questions. Probably spent about 30 seconds each. We went a little bit long with Robert Blanton. So take it away. Yeah, we might need to go over 30 seconds to try to talk about this Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hit a little bit um, on Pat Fitzgerald. Well, uh, yeah, Pat Fitzgerald, let's try to sum it up. So allegations of hazing, not good. Fitzgerald suspended for two games. Then the allegations intensified and included some allegations of racism in the program. Um, there are players coming out saying none of this is true. Other players are doubling down and saying this absolutely is true. Fitzgerald is denying his involvement and he's going to court or going to the legal system to try to get his job back. It's all very messy. What do you make of it? One, it's going to be tough to even want Like, would you want to go back after somebody fired you? Like I get yeah. Northwestern trying to save face, um, but it's almost like your girlfriend breaks up with you and she's like, she's ready to move on. Cause this is the thing. Northwestern has to move on. Like once they fire Pat Fitzgerald, they can't sit this entire off. Cause the games are coming like August 31st and 27th <laughs> is coming. Like it's literally like a month and a half away. So they don't have time to really wait for Pat Fitzgerald to go through the legal system. Cause we know the legal system is not quick. So if it takes them a month and then they figure out like, we're still good with firing you, then they have two weeks to find a coach or, or, and this could happen. Maybe this whole season, cause they were one in 11 last year. Maybe this whole season is an interim head coach. That could be the case too, where they're like, look, we're not going to hire a coach anyway. Cause it's not enough time. We don't even know who candidate, what candidates are out there. Let's just have an interim coach for the season. Maybe this guy earns the job. That way the staff doesn't have to get fired as well. They're going to be here. But this is my question too. The head coach literally doesn't know as much as the position coaches. Position coaches are there more with their players. They talk to their players more. The head coach that like, I didn't see Glenn Mason as much as I saw Joker Phillips. And so that's the thing. Glenn Mason didn't know half the crap I did. Joker did like Joker would show up to my dorm room. Sometimes Mason has never come to my dorm room. He's never come to my apartment door and knocked on it. Joker Phillips has Joker Phillips has come to my class. Joker Phillips has come to like a, an event. I had Glenn Mason. He's graduation. He's game day. He has too many players to worry about where Joker had nine. So when you think about that, the position coaches are just as liable as Pat Fitzgerald, if not more liable, because they probably knew some of this stuff. Like they probably heard from their players, whether they joked about it in meetings after the fact, or they bought up that it was going to happen in the meetings. Like, yo, freshman, watch out, man. You about to get it. You know, like they don't do that around the head coach, but they, they're comfortable around the assistant coaches. They're comfortable around the GAs, like the grad assistant. He definitely knew something. Like, that's where the Penn State thing came from. The grad assistant knew, and he told Joe Paterno, and Joe Paterno ignored it, or allegedly. That's kind of how they said it. Like, the guy said he went and tried to tell Joe Paterno, and he claimed he didn't get what he, you know, the, the his 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 response wasn't satisfiable. So I think that's where Pat Fitzgerald, the head of the snake always gets cut off first, but then you have to let the body die. 
if you let you got to fire everybody and because everybody had to have known either one didn't know or one knew somebody knew maybe Pat Fitzgerald wasn't the guy but he's just liable and so I don't know if I want to go back I don't I don't know if I would want to go back to that like I, I really wouldn't like you've been fired why would you want to go back um as far as the hazing we know people do it now some of the stuff I've heard of how their hazing is like turning into like sexual type stuff like a little weird very weird mm-hmm. like very weird um and then as far as the racism side of it again sometimes people just double down and throw stuff out there but again i don't i don't feel like a bunch of players because somebody said like oh a player said we're going to get past past Gerald fire so let's do this i don't know if if that's the plan like because there has to be like sometimes there's baseless allegations and then there's allegations that have some steam this one feels like it has steam because there's more than just one player saying this and and accounting the same type of stuff and for the other players to say this did not happen, like maybe you could say it didn't happen the way they're saying it, but something definitely happened. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, where there's this much smoke, there's got to be a little fire. Um, my, my guess is that Fitzgerald is fighting this legal battle to ensure that his buyout is or that he he still collects some of this contract because I think he's got well, how many tens of millions on that deal through 2030. Right. Um, he wants to make sure that he gets paid on his way out. I would assume maybe he doesn't expect to coach again, but ap- apparently they went from suspended to fired. Uh, like they violated that agreement with, with no prior notice. That's what he's claiming. I don't know what that means necessarily, um, but it's super messy. And who can you believe Ron at this point? Like a lot yeah. of this stuff probably happened in the dark of night. And it's just, he said, he said um, about how it went down and who knew about it. There's so many lies being told that you almost have to just make a clean cut and start over. Um, really unfortunate for that program. I don't know what they're going to do this year, but it's it's not going to be good. Yeah, maybe we need to open tomorrow with the rest of this because there's a lot to unfold here with Pat Fitzgerald. But we got to move on to the next one. What you got next? Yeah, um, a little lighter topic. MLB All-Star Game tonight in Seattle. I want to know from you, what is your favorite of the major All-Star Games? Honestly, I don't even need 30 seconds. None of them. They suck. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, baseball might be the best for the, like, home run derby, but even that's kind of changed now. I saw a dude, forgot his name, uh, Christian Meyer or Christian Meyer or, or Brist, Briston Meyer or Br- I don't know. He's he batted right-handed then batted – or batted left-handed then batted right-handed. Oh, hit, like, Adley Rutschman. Rutschman. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It looked like I knew it was – yeah, batted right-handed then went and switched left-handed. Like, to me, it's, it's, it's become, like, the all-star game for basketball. Way too easy now. Ridiculous. Uh, it used to be a little bit more structured, a little bit more Jordan and them used to go at it. Uh, the the Hall of Fame game, or not the Hall of Fame, but the uh, the 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 soup, the Pro Bowl, used to be a little bit more intense. Now it's a it's a freaking seven on seven. Uh, baseball, you got basketball, football, hockey, maybe hockey, I guess, because they're still skating around. I didn't even watch it. I know they did like a three on three, maybe or something like that. Uh, so maybe I gotta watch hockey. Like right now, I feel like hockey might be the best opportunity because they still actually play and they don't feel like they're gonna get hurt just skating around. Like basketball doesn't want to play hard. They don't want to sweat. They don't want to play defense. Like none of them. Like hockey might be the best one. So I'm going to go with hockey right now because that's the only one I feel like is still true to what they're trying to do. Yeah, the the more gimmicky they've gotten, I think the more watered down they've gotten. Yeah, um, I don't I don't care to watch any of them just like you. I mean, no. I, maybe three-point contest, dunk contest, the, yeah. the skills skills stuff, but Yeah, the quarterbacks yeah, the throwing games. the ball, the receivers doing their like even the receiver catch like dunk contest they were trying to do, like make a cool catch and then we'll grade it. Stupid. Like, go back to the old school stuff of just running through drills, catch, 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 run around cones. How fast did he do it? Quarterbacks, let's throw, hit targets, stuff moves. Like, go back to the Peyton Manning days. 
Like, I would even like to see them do the long drive contest, uh, the tug of war, like bring some of that stuff, the relay race, like bring some of that stuff back. Cause this, this other stuff is terrible. What's the last one? Last one. Cat and Chris Finch have been talking during summer league and they're hinting that, Hey, we might use all three of our big men on the court at the same time. Nas, cat, Rudy. Uh, you've been talking for a while, Ron saying that it's a guard driven league. What do you make of this philosophy? The Warriors are going to shoot them off the court, period. They're going to shoot them off the court, and then they're going to have to figure out what guards they need to bring on. A guard, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Chris Paul, Draymond Green. Like, Nas Reed, uh, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, defensively. Now, if you're going to run a 2-3 zone, great. Go run a 2-3 zone. And then when you come down on offense, though, like, Gobert doesn't have a post game. He doesn't really have a, a mid-range jumper. He's not Joel Embiid. Like, if it was Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, and Nas Reed, I'd say go for it. Like, go for that. Because you got Joel Embiid, who's an absolute creator. He can shoot. He can score. And then you got Carl Anthony Towns. He got Nas Reed for defense. If it was Joker, Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed, I'd say go for it. Because you got a center that can create, can pass. Get... Rudy Gobert is like a black hole. He gets the ball. and You don't know what's going to happen. He may or may not make a shot, but he's going to do something stupid maybe too. I just, I'm not a fan of that for those three on the court together. Like I just, like defensively, I like those two bigs other than Carl Anthony Towns. Offensively. I like Carly Towns, but Nas Reed and Gobert more hustler. Like, you don't have the recipe to do what you're trying to do unless you're going to 2-3 zone. Um, it's like spaghetti. You throw it up against the wall, see what sticks. That's what I think they're trying to do right now with this team because that, to me, is just another thing to put, put ourselves in the headlines this week. I feel like Adam Silver said, hey, create some headlines for the Timberwolves. And they said, all right, three bigs. Boom, let's put it out there. Like, <laughs> that's literally what it feels like. I don't know. What are your thoughts? You, you mentioned friendly fire with Andrew Sandejo. If we had all three of those bigs jockeying for post position at the same time, we'd have some friendly fire. Gobert would elbow Nas. He would elbow Cat with those sharp elbows. It would be ugly because Nas's best trait is that he can drive and slash to the rim. Well, right. how is he going to get there if Rudy Gobert is taking up an eight foot wingspan? Uh, I don't. I, I think they're maybe they're just kind of pumping our tires here i think they're i don't think they're serious about this i hope they can't be serious i hope they're not serious but i'm ron johnson that's sam Ekstrom. make sure you guys download locked on sports minnesota wherever you find your podcast also you can find us on itunes you can find us on spotify you can find us on youtube roku and amazon fire locked on sports is everywhere just download any one of those apps search locked on sports minnesota you can find the ron johnson show we want to thank you guys. Make sure you subscribe too. Please subscribe or follow. Whichever device you're using, hit the follow button or subscribe button. That matters to us. We really need the subscribers and the followers. We love it. Uh, we be and, and also comment. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Any of the topics you want to talk about or discuss, you can tweet under our videos. You can go to YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter. Tweet under the videos and the shows, and we'll definitely interact with you there. But again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. Have a great day.